Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Praise the Lord. God is good and His mercy endures forever. I want to uh, share with you this morning um, a message I, I received from the Lord. Is uh, Thanksgiving is walking by faith. And I've discovered, how many of you have ever uh, heard a truth? Like I need, what? May I just explain? Um, how many of you never saw the Spirit of God just fall on somebody that dramatically before? That was, I mean, Loretta got the brunt of it, but he, he's, uh, it was the power and the presence of God. And there were moments in my life, and the reason I'm sharing is because we don't want to assume that everyone knows what happened. Um, but there was moments in my life where the Spirit of God fell upon me so heavily, and I'll never forget it. Hopefully this isn't Reuben, because he drove here today. But um, I remember that happened to me so strongly one time. For three days, I couldn't function. Because the power of God, it was just waves of his glory being made manifested in my life. And so it's so beautiful to recognize that we have a supernatural God that so wants to touch the core of us. And this isn't something that happens every time we get prayed for. But I'll tell you, when we see it happen, it can not only stir faith in us that God is real and he exists, but he is actively moving in our lives with his power and his presence. So Father, all that you've ordained to do in Reuben's life right now, I just thank you for more of your spirit, more of your presence, more of your power being made manifested inside of him. I thank you that the calling of God is being stirred and activated even now in the name of Jesus. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here and say, I've not experienced like that, but I've experienced my hands tingling in his presence. Or I felt this peace wash over me. All of those are different ways that we are very aware of the presence of God moving in our lives. Okay. There you go, babe. Thank you, Lord. Sorry to interrupt you. No, that just gives me five more minutes. I'm, a, I'm going to be sharing today about uh, Thanksgiving is walking by faith. And I discovered in John that Jesus said to his disciples, uh, without me, you can do nothing. So as I was going to say before, have you ever heard a message and you were thought, well, I need to do that. I need to love more. Have you, ever, have you ever heard a sermon that you need to love more? Have you ever tried to love more? Some of you are looking like... <laughs> I'm, this isn't a trick question. Sometimes we hear these messages and we try to do it in our own strength. We try to do it in our own power and we might be good for a couple of days. We might be good until we get home and somebody spills the gravy. We, we might be good until uh, we have to go back to work. But the reality is, is Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Well, how many of you have heard that Jesus left? Jesus said, uh, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the comforter or the paraclete, that's the Greek word for comforter, the paraclete will not come. And the Bible says that he will abide with us forever. So I, what I see is that every time we hear a truth, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to come into our lives, to empower us, 
to do what the truth tells us to do. We need the power of God to love. We need the power of God to be thankful. We need the power of God to live the life that is going to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ. And so um, if you have the app, you can look at the notes. But uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, the Bible says this, For we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's say that together. For we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, our, uh, when we hear the truth, when we hear the truth, we need to realize that the truth is, is given to us to change our lives. First of all, the truth has to change our perspective. It has to change our thinking. The truth has to change our lifestyle, but the truth is empowered by the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. So I want to share with you this morning that the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do what I'm going to share with you this morning if you ask him. You know, I've heard, I've heard it said that the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not always a gentleman, but he will do what we ask him to do. A lot of times we pray and we pray to the Father, we pray to Jesus, but we forget the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will, will be activated. As a matter of fact, the scripture says in 2, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse, verse 7, well not, it said, but the previous verse says to stir up the gift of God that is in you. Who is the gift of God? The gift of God is the Holy Spirit. So sometimes he's in us and he's dormant, and so we need to stir it up. I think this morning when we were in praise this morning, he is worthy of it all. And so as we began to declare it, as we began to sing it, I sensed in my spirit that he was stirring in me. You know, I only have so much time, but I have so many thoughts. <laughs> but I want to give you, do you know that God eavesdrops? Do you know that he listens in on your conversations? Now, I'm not going to go there, but I'm going to suggest that you go to Malachi chapter 3. You can begin in verse 10, but go to the end of the chapter, and he talks about you have been speaking harsh words against me, and then he goes on to another group, and he says he hears believers talking one to another, and the Bible says he writes their names down, and he, and he says that they are a crown, uh, they are a jewel in his crown. And those are the ones that are talking about the Lord. They are they're talking about his love. They're talking about what God's doing. They're talking about God's goodness. But you know, the people, the, the, the previous people, they were looking at what they saw. They were looking at what was evident. They were looking at what was going on around them, but there was another people that didn't just see what was going on around them. They were seeing what God was doing. You know, we walk by faith and not by sight. And a lot of times in Thanksgiving, we thank God for what he's done. But Thanksgiving is also we thank God for what he's promised and what he will do. God is faithful to his word. He is faithful to his promise. And just because you haven't received it at this moment doesn't mean you're not going to receive. So he says again, for we walk by faith and not by sight. The life of, the life of a Christian is not, one, is not a one-time commitment to faith, but it is a journey with Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. What is the way? The way is a journey. I went to the altar in 1967. That was a while back. And he has been faithful ever since. 
He's been faithful. I wasn't always faithful, but he was faithful ever since. It is a journey. And on your journey, your sight, your feeling, your emotions, your intellects, and what others say might not line up with the truth or the promise that God has promised you. What you see doesn't line up with what God has promised you. But the reality is we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, one of the first things I tried to believe for, this is going to date me. Anybody remember reel-to-reel tape players? The reels were about yay big, and they would play hours and hours and hours. I was, I was believing for a reel-to-reel so I could listen to hours and hours of Christian music. Well, I never got one, but I've got a lot of things better. I don't even have to... I don't even have to have a piece of equipment. I can just go online and listen to hours and hours and hours of music. God has a way of providing. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, in Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, the Bible says this. He says, Behold the proud. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. I want to distinguish between the proud and the just who live by faith. The proud are those who hear the word of God and refuse to act on it, and they refuse to believe what God has said, what God has promised. Or they might take it and they say, well, I tried it, but it doesn't work. How many of you have tried God? Well, I tried and I tried and I tried. You know what? He won't leave me nor forsake me. So, the, uh, this phrase, the just shall live by faith, is repeated four times in the Bible. That exact phrase, the just shall live by faith. Well, who are the just? It is the justified ones who believe that Jesus died on the cross for their sins and he rose again from the dead and he, he's risen to heaven, seated at the right hand of the Father, ever living to make inter, intercession for you. That means he's praying for you to the Father and he's coming back. He's coming back. I remember my, my grandmother, she's uh, my, my dad's mom, she would preach to me. I think she preached to those that she could. And my brother, uh, he, heard, he heard that, and uh, we were walking out her door. <laughs> we were walking out her door, and he says, do you really believe that? They've been preaching that for a long time. They've been preaching that he's going to return. Well, I showed him in the Bible just <laughs> that where it says, where is the promise of his coming? But the reality is, is Jesus Christ is coming back. And as I've said before, he's come back for some people already. You know, if, if, if he tarries in his return, if he waits a hundred years, he's coming back for us. He's coming back. I believe what he says. And I believe he's going to answer his promise even in a way that I might not even expect. You know, God does better than what we imagine. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The just hear the word of God. They believe the word of God. They act on the word of God. They commit their lives to the word of God, and if they fail, at times they repent and they get up and they go at it again and again and again. The Bible says this. It says the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. You say, well, I've, I've fallen more than seven times. Well, Jesus said this. He said, you know, when Peter said, Lord, if somebody sins against me seven times, shall I, shall I forgive them? And Jesus said, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. Yeah. 
And that's just more than you can count. So it's not, well, oh man, he's, they're almost there. I can't, no, it's, it is a number that you, it's, it would be that much in a day. Well, you can't keep track of that. I don't know, maybe you can. Well, Thanksgiving is walking and living by faith, even though the circumstances may not warrant any obvious thing to be thankful for. What did I say? What does the scripture say before? We walk by faith and not by sight. So even though there's nothing obvious to be thankful for, we are still thankful. Thank you, Lord. There are repeated commands in the word of God for us to be thankful, not only for the obvious, but thanking God ahead of time for what we pray for. Do you know that every time in the scripture where it tells us to pray, it also includes thanksgiving? Well, why would I thank him for it? I don't have it yet. You know, thanksgiving opens the door for the, for the reception. It's not, just, it's not just God giving it to you. Do you know that there, is a, that there is an enemy that tries to stop you from receiving the blessing? And thanksgiving will just shut him down. Amen. You know, a lot of times we don't even have to say in the name of Jesus, we can just thank God. Even though I do encourage you to use the name of Jesus, we thank God. And it opens the door for the blessings of God to come upon us. Grumbling and complaining shuts the door on the blessing. All you have to do is read the Old Testament to figure that out. James shows us that faith, that is, that faith is more than mental or verbal acknowledgement. James chapter 2, 19, it says, you believe that there is one God, you do well. How many of you believe there's one God? The Bible says you do well. But it also goes on to say, even the demons believe and tremble. At least they're doing something. <laughs> they're trembling, they're doing something. At least they got a little bit of works with their faith. But sometimes we get... We get familiar with God. We try to bring him down on our level. I'm not saying any of you do. This is for those people that are out there. Oh, the, go oh, the good old boy upstairs. You know, you know, me and God, we've got, this, we've got this agreement. Well, if your agreement isn't an agreement with his word, you don't have an agreement. God is good. And his mercy endures forever. And that's what the children of Israel were saying when they were marching out at those three armies that were coming against him. Well, he wasn't good to the other side. He was good. He was protecting his people. And I don't look at it today. I don't look at it in a way that I see where God is, is attacking people. There is an enemy... The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality and powers and rulers of darkness of this world. And I see that our praise begins to destroy the powers of darkness. God wants, the Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Even the people we don't agree with, even the people, I know you, I'm talking for those people in the camera. Even the people we don't like. He is good and his mercy endures forever. So he says, you believe there's one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? I want to take this one step at a time. You know, there's a lot of areas we can walk in faith by. But let's start with this. Let's take thanksgiving as an act of faith and begin to say it before we see it. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. I put this on Facebook. I, I deleted my Facebook app. I'm still on Facebook on my computer but I just didn't want it, didn't want it there. 
But anyway, I put on Facebook before I went off, I put a little sign, put a thing up, happy Thanksgiving and happy Thanksgiving. It's not just our Thanksgiving once a year, it is a lifestyle of giving thanks. And we say, oh, Lord, I thank you for this food. I thank you for my car. I thank you for a warm house. I thank you my bills are paid. Do you know God wants you to thank the people that are sitting across the table from you that pass you the, the coffee cream in the morning, <laughs> that will pass the butter, that will pass the mashed potatoes. He wants you to thank because he has given them as grace gifts to you. And you might thank them directly, but you are thanking God indirectly when you thank other people for what they've done. And that just shows you that you are, shows him that you are appreciative. So again, lifestyle, there is a lifestyle of living in the kingdom of God. You thought I got off the kingdom of God. No, we're still on the kingdom. There is a way to live in the kingdom. Psalm 100, familiar scripture for those that preach on Thanksgiving. It says, make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands. How many of you have shouted lately? And I'm not talking at each other. I'm not talking to the person that pulls out in front of you in traffic. I'm talking about making a joyful shout unto the Lord. And notice it doesn't just say to the Jews, it says all ye lands. This is an Old Testament scripture that is speaking to us as well, that says make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. How many of you are glad you're a Christian? Sometimes people serve the Lord with madness. They look, at, they look at everything that's going wrong, but the Bible says to serve the Lord with gladness. So I, you know, that could go on a lot of directions there. So a shout, if we're going to shout, we have to put our dignity aside and live by faith. If you're worried about your dignity, you know, start in the basement. Start in the basement, start in the shower, start somewhere, but shout unto the Lord in a grateful, in a grateful expression of his goodness, of gratitude. It says, come before his presence with singing. You need to make it a personal, we need to make it a personal practice before coming to church to worship the Lord. With singing. Some of you say, well, I can't sing. Well, that's the perfect time to do it in the car <laughs> when nobody can hear you. You know, it's funny. I actually had voice lessons. And the voice teacher said, everybody can sing. Everybody can sing, but fear shuts them down. Do you know that fear restricts your vocal cords? You're afraid to open your mouth. When you sing, you're actually supposed to have your mouth wide open. At least two fingers. Some people are so, so fearful, they don't want to even look like they're singing. They don't want to attract attention. You're not attracting the attention of others, you are attracting the attention of him. Make a joyful shout unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Know that the Lord, he is God. You're not a self-made person. 
Hallelujah. When I started, when I started giving up worried, worrying about certain things, worrying about how I look, worrying about whether I look dignified, worried about this and that and the other, life became so simple and things began to happen in a positive way. You know what? I've seen more people receive from the Lord when they just relaxed. I prayed for people that come up in the line. You start praying for them, and they squint their face, and they start praying real quiet. And we tell them, don't pray, just receive. Don't pray, just receive. Let somebody else carry your burden. Didn't Jesus say, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The only problem is, is we're not letting him take our burdens. We're not letting him take our cares. The Bible says to cast all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. But I am afraid that if I give them to him, he's not going to do anything. Well, you're not doing anything with them either. <laughs> How many worries have you really fixed? How many, <laughs> How many uh, anthills have you made in the mountains? How many small things have you dreamed and envisioned becoming major problems? You know, a lot, of, a lot of the things that you fear and imagine don't actually come to pass. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. Hallelujah. Your success, your successes are not you being a self-made individual. Just look at Psalm 139. I don't have, I'm not going to turn there. But David said, Lord, I, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And that my soul knows right well. As I begin to see that I am not making, I am not making myself, but I am trusting in him. He's the one who makes me. And the more I relax in what he's doing, the better I do. Verse 4, Psalm 100, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. Do you know that there is a protocol to entering God's presence? There's a protocol. There's a protocol to entering and visiting royalty. And believe me, he is royal. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. In the kingdom of God, there are general orders. You know that you have, that there are orders in the kingdom of God that we, we should live by. In the military, we had what was called the orders of the day. It's what you were going to do. And you had the uniform of the day, which I'll get to that in a moment. But the kingdom of God, in the kingdom of God, there are general orders or orders of the day that, we, that we're to follow by everyone who is in the kingdom. Well, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Yeah. Do you know that thanksgiving is an order of the day in the kingdom? Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter into the presence of God with thanksgiving. You want to start seeing people open up? Just start thanking them for the things that they do. Start thanking them for even the little things that they do. It will open them up. I remember uh, somebody said, well, what if I can't think of anything to thank them for? Man, you sure breathe real well. <laughs> Be complimentary. 
Have you ever wondered why you're not, getting th uh, you're not receiving thanks? Could be because you're not giving it out. Doesn't the Bible say that we reap what we sow? So anyway, it is advisable in the kingdom of God to obey the orders of the day. This is a, this is a scripture that Jesus said that uh, sometimes it used to bother me. It says this, Jesus said you will give an account for every idle word that you speak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You will give an account for every idle word that you speak. That used to bother me. But now I've changed. I have started focusing on thanksgiving. I started focusing on, on praise. I've started focusing on the things of God. And so I'm not worried about that because I've already gotten into the order of the day to give thanks. We used to sing a song, give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. Well, that's a good one to uh, rehearse in our private time. And then he says this, he says, For the Lord is good, verse 5, For the Lord is good and his mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generations. How long does his truth endure? Do you mean uh, the truth that he said back 2,000 years ago applies today? The truth that he said 4,000 years ago, does that apply today? Well, it endures to all generations. So in other words, the Bible has never become outdated. The Word of God has never become outdated. We are to take the truth, and somebody mentioned this to me the this morning, that the truth will make you free. The same truth that was given 4,000 years ago and 2,000 years ago through Jesus hasn't changed, and it will make us free. You know, there's a difference between being set free and made free. Set free is when somebody, you're in jail and somebody just opens the door and you walk out unchanged. Jesus gave me a little illustration of this one time. He says, when you're made free, Jesus reaches in through the keyhole, grabs you and pulls you through the keyhole. When you come out, you're a different person. That's kind of a rough, well, I don't think God's that... He's going to do whatever it takes to change us. I believe God is good and God is loving and God, God, God's all that, but if we have a rough exterior and we're a hard case, he'll do what it takes to change us. Thank you, Lord. I got a little bit of time, so I might as well make, tell you some stories. Some of you have heard them. Some of you think, well, man, I'm never going back to that church. But I remember uh, my wife and I were having difficulty. The difficulty was me. But I wasn't talking to her. I never yelled at my wife. I never uh, hit my wife. You know, but silence can be abusive. Yeah. Silence can be abusive. So I was giving her that. And um, I went out to ride my mountain bike on a trail and for some reason my mountain bike hit a rut and the handlebar is a straight handlebar and the handlebar turned and the bike flipped and that straight handlebar went right into my ribs you know that happened twice at least for the same reason you say did God do that well I was just out of his will how many of you have ever been out of the will of God? Okay. So I was out of God's will. I was in open territory, 
And so this happened. And um, it was a while back. I was at the doctor and she wanted me to go to get x-rays. And she, uh, when I came back to hear the results of the x-rays, she said, if I didn't know your wife, I would think you were being abused. She says, your ribs are all, your ribs are, have been fractured. I said, well, that's from riding a bicycle. Thank you, Lord. But why did I say that? I don't know. Now, we need to treat people right. We need to be thankful. You know, I just think, I think about it more often. I'm just so thankful for the person I married. Third time's charm. No. <laughs> no, that, that's not true. My first wife... And my last. Thank you, Lord. No, I've just been thankful that I married who I married. Thank you, Lord. So anyway, I tell her publicly so that you guys can confirm it <laughs> to her. Anyway. All right, so let's go on. Oh, no, I, I need to do this. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures to all generation. God does not modify the truth to fit your lifestyle. Did you hear me? You know, you might say, well, God understands. He understands his word. He understands if we walk in his word, we are blessed. He understands when we walk outside of his word that we are open and we are open game for the enemy to come in to kill, to steal, and destroy. So, for the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, his truth endures to all generations. We need to make ourselves more aware that the Lord is good. How many of you need to remind yourself? Remind ourselves that the Lord is good. It's not just enough to put a plaque on your refrigerator or a little magnet. You have to repeat it. You have to rehearse it to yourself that the Lord is good, even not just when things are happening good, but when things don't appear to be well. And I wrote this down. When we, when we give that expression that the Lord is good, when we are thankful to him, this could release a dose of the Holy Ghost. How many of you have ever taken a dose of medicine? Well, you can take a dose of the Holy Ghost. I normally say Holy Spirit, but Holy Ghost rhymes with dose. All right. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 61. Bless the Lord. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of prison doors, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. Do you know that Jesus said to the disciples, and I believe that is for us as well, he said, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit that was upon Jesus is that same anointing that comes upon us, and he will use us to bring about those anointings. He will bring about an opportunity for us to share the good news. He will bring about the opportunity for us to, uh, to comfort, to open the prison doors. If you want to have some fun, just start speaking the truth and somebody's eyes light up and you see that they've been delivered from an oppression or a fear. But when Jesus repeated this scripture, this is a scripture about him, he did not bring up the day of vengeance of our God because he was bringing salvation. There is a day when vengeance is coming upon the enemies of the gospel. And I believe the principalities and the powers are the biggest enemies. 
But he goes on to say, to comfort all who mourn. Do you know that God has given you the ability to comfort people? You say, well, I've been through so many trials and I've been through so many troubles. Have you been? Have you received comfort from the Lord? That's the kind of comfort that God wants you to give other people. It's not that you've never had any problems. It's that you've had the problems. God's given you the comfort and he wants, to sh- wants you to share that. He says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. What is your uniform of the day? Praise. Praise is your uniform. You know, you know, you might be dressed. I can look out over you and see that you're dressed. But if you haven't been praising the Lord, you're kind of skimpy. You're dressed skimpily. Praise is a garment. Are you fully dressed? Thank you, Lord. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that we might be trees of righteousness, the planning of the Lord, that he might be glorified. The more that we give him praise, the more that he is glorified, and the more he is glorified, the more he pours it out on us. Well, I'm just waiting for him to do it. We'll start praising him and you'll begin to see it. Thank you, Lord. So what have we said already? Make a joyful shout unto the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Well, how does that make you look? I want to share with you a couple of scriptures in closing. And I, I did it from the King James but it says, or it might be the New King James. It says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely. And I'm going to define that. Then he says in Psalm 147, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, for it is good to sing praises to our God, for it is pleasant and praise is comely. What does comely mean? Comely means handsome, attractive, good-looking, Graceful, pleasing, and pretty. What do you see when you look in the mirror? I've got a thing on my phone. You're staring into your coffee, and your coffee says, I don't do miracles. (laughs) But God, he does miracles. When we praise him, when we sing, when we shout, he does miracles. He makes you handsome. He makes you attractive. He makes you good looking. He makes you graceful and he makes you pleasing and pretty. Now I want to define that from the Hebrew scriptures. It means, comely means suitable and beautiful. So be beautiful and suitable in the sight of God. And I want to tell you one story in closing. Those were the last scriptures in closing. This is the last story in closing. There was, a, and some of you have heard this before, but there was a, uh, a pastor. He was, well, he's probably gone on to be with the Lord, but he was one of my favorite Bible school instructors. It was somebody that they brought in. His name was uh, Roy Hicks. He was the general overseer for the Four Squared Churches. And he came in and he was telling us a story about when he was a young pastor. And he said there was a woman in his church. She was the ugliest thing he had ever seen. And she asked him over to to his house one day. And she says, Pastor, you preach like God will do anything for you if you walk by faith. He says, yes, I believe that. You know, when somebody asks you a question, you're in for it. He says, well, it's no secret. Just look at me. He said, what can God do for me? What can God do for me? 
And he said, he just had nothing. And he said, all of a sudden, as he was praying, he said, the Lord told him to tell her to repeat who she is in Jesus Christ. She started repeating that she was the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. She, she started repeating all of these scriptures of what God is on the inside of her. And he said, it was amazing. After a period of time, she had a glow. She had a glow that actually made her attractive. I don't think her facial features really changed that much, but she had this glow. It was the anointing of God. Then Neil Anderson also had a similar story. He was teaching at a Bible school, and he's, I don't want to describe the, <laughs> the woman, but he said she was looking at her. He said she would have been the last person he would have thought would have got a date. But you know, in Bible school, sometimes it's called bridal school. But anyway, he said, he said by the, by the halfway through the semester, she had all the dates. All the guys were asking her out. And it was because she was doing the same thing. She was saying to herself who she is in Jesus. She it not only, it not only uh, portrayed a glory, but it, it also, her, her attitude changed. You know, sometimes our attitude repels. But sometimes our attitude will attract. And so she's sharing. She's saying who she is in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm more than a conqueror. I am a child of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And that, that not only was there a glow, but there was an attitude and all the guys wanted to go out with her. Now, if you ladies would like uh, the, a sheet of those uh, scriptures, I can, I can uh, give them out. Because I say them myself. I don't need a date, but uh, I have my date. But sometimes, sometimes uh, just quoting those scriptures just gives life in my spirit. And I'm thankful. I have made it a habit to be thankful in my life. And I cannot tell you the benefits, the many benefits that, is, that it has done for me. Thank you, Lord. Now, you might be here and you say, well, I haven't been that way. I haven't been that way, but you know what? The Bible says this, if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Man, he's so good. He's not looking to whip you. He's looking to bless you. The scripture says this, it is the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. God's looking for a way. I'll never forget my mother used to say, you just wait till your dad gets home. Anybody ever hear that? Boy, I just couldn't wait till my dad got home. Sarcastically. It is, if we know that he is looking to bless us, it is the one that we run to. I like what one person said, when you sin, don't run from Jesus, run to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the power of, the, of God that lives on the inside of us. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin and iniquity and unrighteousness. We thank you, Lord God, that you are good and your mercy endures forever. Lord, we shout to the Lord in joy and gladness. We serve you with gladness. 
Father, we know that you are our God. It is you that have made us and not we ourselves. We thank you. I thank you for the people that are within the sound of my voice. You know that I pray for them. You know, Lord, that I bless them. You know, Lord God, that you have given us prayers in your word. And Lord God, they are prayers of blessing. They are prayers of transformation. And I thank you, Lord, for the Holy Spirit rising up within each individual, Lord God, to bring that transformation and change in Jesus' name. If you would like, I'm not going to, if you would like transformation, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. All right. Well, Father, let's repeat this together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you've opened the door for me to come into your presence, to the very throne room of grace. And you've said in your word that the Holy Spirit empowers us. And so right now, I ask for the Holy Spirit to empower me to speak words of transformation through thanksgiving through praise, through my attitude, as I share the glories of God in my, uh, in my thoughts, in my attitude, and in my actions. Thank you for the Holy Spirit who empowers me in Jesus' name. Amen. I will say this, that God has changed my, uh, my mode of emotions in a moment just by doing what I've just told you. This isn't something that I've just come up with a, with a message. This is something that I live by, and it has brought transformation and change in my life. So I'm going to ask the, the prayer team to come up.